Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to the Liberated Woman podcast. I'm your host, Shanee. I'm a rebirthing breathwork facilitator, ancestral healer, and spiritual guide, and it's my life's mission to support women just like you on your path to spiritual awakening and feel safe in doing so. This podcast is for you to awaken your feminine energy, elevate your consciousness, and reclaim the truth of who you really are. If you know that you are ready for more and want to stop playing small and take radical responsibility for your healing, expansion, and liberation so that you can live your life in your highest pleasure, you've come to the right space. Each episode, you will receive a deepening of your feminine wisdom so that you can be reminded of the magic and power that already lives in you. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Liberated Woman podcast. I'm super excited that you are joining us here again for another episode full of feminine awakening wisdom. Today, I am joined by a special guest, Adrian Lynch. Adrian is an embodiment coach, a holistic wellness therapist, and she combines a whole set of holistic skills to bring people back to themselves, their mind and their body, specifically through moving through the conditioning of perfectionism. Great. I'm a recovering perfectionist. And uh, to help them find themselves again through activities that they are actually aligned with. Um, And one of the things that um, Adrian explores is this idea of embodiment, of, of movement. And as we know, So many of you have been on this journey or are going through this journey, have had this disconnect from your body and you're finding yourself back through your body now. And that's why we talk so much about embodiment and coming out of the mind and into the body, particularly for women who spend a lot of time in their cerebral mind, trying to multitask and be so many things to so many people. So embodiment and practices that get you into your soma, into your body are so important. So today we're going to be diving into the topic of living in your full humanness, which I love and how to actually do this. So Adrian, I'm going to pass over to you to share with us what this means to you. What does it mean to live in your full humanness? Firstly, thank you for having me. I love your podcast as well. And it's always great to meet another woman who believes and has similar values um, and sees the importance of sisterhood and supporting each other. Um, for me, oh, living as for living in my wholeness, um, for me, that means allowing my all parts of myself to exist. You know, um, I suffered a lot of abuse when I was a child. There was um, sexual abuse in my childhood with a family member. And that led to my family basically kind of rejecting me, essentially, because I wouldn't stay quiet. I didn't think it was okay. And then for the moments that I did, you know, abide to their wanting of me to just be quiet and get on with it and even accept this person in my life. I started to try and harm myself in a very big way, like trigger warning suicide was a big part of my life for a really long time. Um, And it was it was a really difficult part to deal with, you know. But it was because I was suppressing so much of myself. You know, it's a really important aspect of who I am to be able to share all the parts of myself, not just the parts that people like or want to hear. You know, for me, I can't live my life by just kind of saying, oh, yeah, I did this nice thing. Like, but this other huge aspect of my life, I'm not allowed to talk about. It just didn't make any sense to me. And suppressing that was literally killing me. Mm. um I basically like 
came out. I wrote a blog about seven or eight years ago now at this point. And that was a real turning point for me because that was when my family basically said, oh, too much. You put the story out there and we are not okay with it. And they all walked away. And in a strange way, it was um, how I broke free from the prison of what I was living in. Um, And it was also the last time that it was a really big challenge for me um, in dealing with suicide ideation. So it was definitely the suppressing of my wholeness, my whole humanness. You know, I mean, in reality, we see so much online where we just see all the pretty parts of life. Um, and we can see the impact of that on everyone's mental health. People are struggling. People feel inadequate. People don't feel enough. They're wondering what's wrong with them. And it's because you're seeing this tiny little excerpt of somebody's life and not the whole, whole part of it, you know, um, and that 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 you know impacted me in the sense of like we talked about you were talking about perfectionism there perfectionism became such a big part of my life like to the point it froze me completely still I grew up in theater dancing singing doing all of these things and putting myself out there and I it was a part of who I am I'm a creative person all of that stopped for me when I wasn't living in my wholeness it was gone you know movement I was still I was completely still and yeah I was doing therapy but that was keeping me in my head. I was completely disconnected from my body, which as we know through trauma is a really common side effect of trauma. Um, especially like phys- any sort of physical abuse, we disconnect because that's our, our body holds so much of that pain. But when you're disconnected from that, you know, you can only go so far in your healing process in your head. Um, and eventually for me, my head became my health. You know, I couldn't I couldn't live in there anymore. And it was because it was just a, such a misalignment. So for me, I, I was always practicing yoga, but not really kind of in the sense of allowing me to connect to my body, just in a physical sense, you know, but when you're, the doing is great, but we need more of the being and the being in the body is allowing like natural movement. So like dance, like free dance. I, I mean, I remember listening to your episode and you talking about doing a static dance and that being one of the ways you came back to yourself as well. And I just think it's so powerful um, because, you know, a lot of the times we do these kind of other um exercises or movements and it's all again like in an organized way has to be done in a certain way. And that can kind of stop you from doing it. I believe in like, immersing ourselves and our body in in so many other ways but in a freestyle so where you can really feel the natural movement of your body and allow even the trauma and energy to to flow through and out of you so that has been a huge part and it was really difficult to get out of my head and back into my body it's taken a really long time but I oh sorry yeah 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 resonate with this part of the story because I don't know if you listened to my first episode where I talk about my journey, but I I definitely spent a lot of my life living in a freeze trauma response as part of post-traumatic stress, also from abuse, um, emotional, physical abuse from from a boyfriend that I had. um, And also from a whole host of other things growing up in a household where my dad had OCD. So I became a perfectionist and was scared to make a mess and scared to get creative. And like you, I grew up in theater and drama and singing I was a drama teacher for years and like performed loads of times on stage so same as you and then post that abusive relationship just was actually a selective mute like I stopped talking for quite some time and I just couldn't I couldn't talk like you wouldn't believe it now when you listen to me on this podcast but that just shows how far my journey has come through this journey and the same as you and I think 
so many women that come to my circles or come to me for one-to-one for the liberated women journey or you know any in any capacity they come to my events well when they come to the awaken your inner goddess event the thing that they love the most every time is the ecstatic dance like that's the feedback i get every single time because even though it might trigger them or make them feel uncomfortable it's the most free and wild and liberated they've felt because of the free movement and you know there's a lot of embodiment kind of being bandied around the internet and a lot of people don't necessarily know what this might mean what it might mean to be an embodied woman um but essentially it's about feeling the feelings in your body and coming out of the mind as you described that your mind was your hell right your head was your hell and staying in that space keeps you limited and it keeps you small and it keeps you trapped and we are taught as women from such a young age that we need to be quiet and follow the rules and comply but you your story is really interesting because you did speak up and you did do something about it so I I would love to hear from you for women out there who struggle to speak out or struggle to be in their full humanness because of the conditioning especially if they have experienced some kind of trauma which we all have on whatever spectrum or scale that might be it doesn't necessarily have to be as you know as extreme as an abusive situation it can literally be like being shut down by a teacher at school or being called a slag by a boy or whatever it is what advice would you give to a woman listening to this who wants to be in their full humanness and wants to be that liberated woman and wants to express but really struggles to do so like how can they start on that journey according to the types of things that you would offer well i mean and if you're not going to work say one-to-one with somebody like myself which is an option um you know and i would use different tools i would use somatic tools i use meditation i use breath work like yourself i incorporate yoga dance um but if you were starting out on this journey and you weren't maybe ready for that one-to-one, you know, I suggest things like women's circles, like what you run and coming together with other people and seeing that and being surrounded in a supportive way, because it can, it can be a lot when you first start feeling your body again, no matter what your experience of trauma is, anything that disconnects you from your body and coming back to it, it can be overwhelming at first. You start to feel a huge amount of more things. You get a lot more information about yourself as well. Um, And that information can sometimes be very conflicting with what your mind has been telling you. And that can be really, really confusing at first. You know, so it it takes time, compassion and patience with yourself and practice too. It's not something you're going to get just like that. I mean, for me, it took me a long time. Um, And I still will have to work on it. You know, I still have a tendency at times to disappear into my mind and and then go, ooh, ooh, I'm back here again. Okay, let me move. Like even the other day I was in, so I was doing a lot of work last week and um, on myself and I realized that I hadn't moved in a couple of days. And I was like, oh, that's why I'm feeling so stuck and so stagnant. And so I literally just started dancing around my living room in my underwear for like 20, 30 minutes and it was literally just flowing moving or just put something on that I felt connected to and I just moved my body um and like I even talk about this because I'm I'm training to be a yoga instructor still I've I've been doing yoga coaching for a long time but now I'm doing my full 200 hours and you know how even sometimes still I have resistance to get on that mat 
to do even say meditation, breath work. There is going to be resistance you're going to have to come up against. And it's it's going to take a little bit of work to push through that. But I really recommend sticking with it and trying to push through it. But find your sisters as well at the same time, or even just a supportive circle, whoever you feel comfortable with, because it is going to bring up things. It is going to bring up a lot of emotions and you won't understand them at first because you've been disconnected from your body. And it does take a supportive network to kind of navigate that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like I remember when I first kind of because it's same I was really disconnected from my body and I was very overwhelmed and living in freeze I couldn't even make basic decisions for a really long time and it was it was first the breath work that really really helped me it took me about four sessions of going to a breath worker to actually start feeling my body and letting rip some of the emotions and it was really overwhelming and you know it was I remember the first time I went to an ecstatic dance and I spoke about it in in the podcast episode but you know, I was just kind of looking around the room going, how are these women so liberated in their bodies? Like, how are they so free? I feel so stuck in it. It really took a long time. And I remember going to um, an ecstatic dance in London on Hampstead Heath. It was an outdoor kind of silent, silent disco ecstatic dance with cacao. And I went to school, secondary school, right next to Hampstead Heath. And mm-hmm. I was dancing and I was looking back like where I went to school and I hated school I went to a girls grammar school it was very like talk about perfectionism it exacerbated my perfectionism to to a T and I remember like looking back as an adult and I was still fairly early in my awakening journey this was like three years ago now roughly maybe two and a half three years ago and I looked back at my school and I just saw like my 15 year old self and I remember like giving myself a hug and being like wow Shani like look how far you've come from that being that 15 year old depressed overweight girl who thought she wasn't good enough for anything and now you're here like dancing freely out in nature on the heath like I'm hugging myself as I'm doing it right like I feel good (laughs) like I'm looking back at my my former self and like just celebrating how far I've come and that didn't like you said that wasn't an overnight success like that definitely took time and it took practice and it took guidance and I needed someone around me to guide me um and now I feel very comfortable in my body and I do a lot of work around my body and I feel very at ease with sensations that come up in my body it's actually more in my mind that I feel more uneaseful if it's like thoughts I'd rather be in my body um you know as a breath worker and as as a facilitator for that kind of work and ancestral healing and I use a lot of light language and energy clearing so it's all in the body But for a woman who's just experiencing that at the beginning, you're right. I think it does take practice. And what you said about resistance, I think it's, you know, you said, oh, sometimes even I resist getting on the mat, but I'm learning to be a yoga teacher. And I think it's in those moments of resistance that we need it the most. It's like the days where you're like, oh, I really can't be bothered to move my body. Those are the days that you probably need it the most. And it is as simple as put on a tune that you like jump around your room like a nutter it can be that simple to begin with or just a simple stretch get outside and move and and walk in nature I think it's so 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 important that we are paying attention to that particularly in a world that is so sedentary and has us using our brains more than our bodies yeah and like that brain like really is like I describe our our mind as the tip of the iceberg 
you know, because that's the only part that most people are seeing or interacting with. But there's this whole other iceberg like under the water that, you know, is there to be explored as well and is really powerful and tends to be a lot bigger, actually, you know, and and even more informative as to who we are um, as a person, as a woman, as a man, whatever, you know, it's and these days the way our bodies are used is is not through embodiment it's for a superficial reason to to stimulate the mind um but not to actually feel or know the body and i think even women are so disconnected from their body that they they struggle even to identify like how to feel pleasure how to yeah. understand their body from a pleasure perspective and then there's shame around that because even you mentioned earlier like somebody might have been triggered because maybe they were called a slag or something like that, because they were maybe exploring pleasure at a certain point in their life, um, which is absolutely nothing to be shamed about. It's the most beautiful thing you can do with your body. Um, and, you know, I think it's just really important that we know for ourselves that we can explore these things and we can do it in a safe way. But I will say, like, you will, like, for me, one of the things I've taught a lot of women will say to me is like when they start doing it, they could be just sitting there after doing all this movement and maybe they won't feel everything straight away. But the next day they might be sitting still in a moment and all of a sudden tears are just flowing down their face because the body, the energy will move it through. And one of our ways to regulate ourselves is through tears. Our, it's connected to our vagus nerve. It's connected to our lymphatic system. It's a hugely important release. And it's something we're also we also shame, which is a basic need for us to, is to be able to release and cry. Yeah. The first thing baby does when it's born that we look for to hear is crying, and we then after breath, breath, and then cry. You know, so and yet they're like forgotten about or shamed upon or told don't cry, don't do this. And you see so many people, you know, when I'm when I'm working with them, and I have to remind them even without breath work just take a breath right now. You're kind of holding your breath because we don't even realize how much we hold our breath. Yeah, and we're holding absolutely. so much of ourselves back with that and our energy. I mean, our life force is through our breath. Yeah, and actually our note, like our nostrils, that the, the cilia in our nostrils is connected to our genitals. So if we're not yeah. breathing properly, like we've literally disconnected from our sex, then we've, yeah. di then we've disconnected from our life force energy. I actually literally spoke about this in my women's circle last night because our yes. theme was getting intimate with life. Um, it was like all about like, where are we disconnected from life and where are we disconnected from our bodies and where do we want to be more intimate with life? And that was part of what we were exploring. So that's, it's interesting that it's coming up again because yeah, so, so many people are disconnected from their bodies, women, especially, you know, our bodies have been, as you said, like looked at through the male gaze or have been looked at through a specific lens and, even through the sisterhood wound, it's a difficult yeah. one. You know, I mean, we we have that competitive, women have that competitive thing about bodies and how you look. And you're almost afraid more going out with your girlfriends of what they'll think of what you're wearing or how your body looks. You know, I mean, I'm not saying us, but as like a general feeling. I mean, I've experienced it growing up as a teenager in my early 20s before I was able to kind of stand and go, no, no, that is is for me. This is me. And you don't like it. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that journey, like, it's inspirational that you are someone that could speak up because I know a lot of women who have been through sexual abuse more and more commonly. Yeah. I have conversations with women who have been through sexual abuse. 
and I would say that my abuse has been more violence. I've had a lot of viol violent abuse happen to me in my life, um, both from the abusive relationship and also when I was traveling in Asia, I got mugged with a knife. They tried to run me over. I got locked in a taxi. He tried to grab at my my bum bag and and hurt me in there. So I've had a lot of kind of men being very violent towards me, yeah. both emotionally and physically. Um, and still like that made me freeze obviously it's different to sexual trauma but still I felt it in my body for a really long time and I felt very insecure being intimate or like unsafe to be intimate in those spaces because I just associated it with pain and I think many many women do associate like bodily sensations with pain as opposed to pleasure and all the shame that comes as you said with that and so a woman who's awakening, because this is the Liberated Woman podcast, and we're, we're here to help women liberate themselves, to free themselves from these shackles, these chains, to express themselves, to feel their bodies, to be in their full humanness, as you've, you've said it, and this episode is all about that. Like, what, um, for a woman who's at the beginning of her awakening journey or is going through the journey, um, I know you said about practicing a movement, um, where where would you kind of say is the most important place to start like for a very beginner who has no idea what this is all about and they're not ready to jump into the one-to-one -one. like I, I would say it's just putting music on and jumping around in the room that's absolutely not but like where yeah where would you say would be the start for a really brand someone who's brand new to this journey literally as simple as that just you know start by exploring yourself by yourself see what comes up mm -hmm. but I wouldn't you know necessarily like if you feel a lot coming up do seek support you know because it I it depends on what you've gone through how disconnected you are from your body and you know and also how intuitive you are because some people are more intuitive than others so it can it can hit some people harder um but I honestly think for me one of the greatest tools is just dancing around my living room just being myself and not in a performative way for anybody else, not doing it for anybody else, solely for yourself. Um, I also think that a really nice way to face ourselves, if we can do it in a compassionate way, um, is, is mirror work, like literally looking at yourself, maybe even dancing in front of the mirror so you can actually witness yourself. Because one of the things that we have and the reasons we get disconnected usually is because something happens and maybe we feel we can't kind of disclose it as most do. Um, and therefore it goes unwitnessed. We go unwitnessed. Our pain goes unwitnessed. Our body goes unwitnessed. So a mirror is a really nice place, I think, to kind of start that witnessing of yourself again. And you can literally just move in front of it or you can sit in front of it, but just find what is most comfortable for you to begin with uh, and take it slow, you know, because it is a big journey. Um, but it doesn't have, you don't have to pay people. You don't have to go to circles to begin with. You can start by just facing yourself and allowing yourself to see how your body moves, how it feels if you move in any particular way. If you touch yourself, how does it feel? Because even just a simple touching your face, touching there, it's a mindful way of feeling that particular part of your body through your hand, you know, and it's a very gentle way to do it as well. And then if you find yourself doing that and you're not breathing, because you'll be able to see yourself and witness yourself, just taking a breath. It doesn't even have to be, you know, any fancy breath work. It can be just simple breath. And then you can witness your, your chest opening up and closing again. And again, it's just the witnessing because it's it's really, really important to do that, I feel. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I see it, you know, in sessions, I had a session with somebody earlier and as, as a memory is coming up, it's like, well, where do you feel that in your body? I always ask that question. So many of us don't ask that. And I remember this, uh, uh, I'll just kind of share this little mini story. I woke up one morning and I had this excruciating pain in my stomach and I, I couldn't work it out. I was, you know, I actually went to the toilet and I sat there for a really long time and it wasn't going away. And my partner came in and he just said to me, what is the what is underneath the pain talk to the pain because I was kind of going like could you f off pain like don't need you right now I'm going to be late for an appointment like what am I going to do and he was like could you stop talking to the pain like criticizing it and could you just talk to it like a child and just say what do you need yeah what, what do you need right now what 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 do you and as soon as I started to talk to it like that it actually dissipated like it was still there but it dissipated and it was just like the change in the kind of like no don't try and avoid it and tell it to piss off like yeah. what, what how can I talk to this like a child because it's obviously your inner child trying to get your attention and showing you something that you need to hear and just him like saying that one simple question really changed how it felt for me and it just kind of calmed my nervous system down in that moment and got rid of the frustration and just allowed me yeah more to tap into the question of what, what does it actually want um and we know that that like we don't need the science to know that that is just energetic feeling and intuition right but so often we get frustrated or we get annoyed with ourselves and we want it to go away and we just want to make the problem go away as opposed to like sitting and dealing with it and facing it and feeling it and we take yeah. a lot of avoidance I, I was talking about that recently because I try and share um, as honestly as I can on my social media account, you know, um, and one of the things that I, as we talked about, is like perfectionism, breaking it down, but also, you know, sharing. And sometimes I find people when I share, they kind of try to come and come for me or fix me. And I'm and I'm kind of saying to them, listen, I'm sharing from a place where this is in alignment with me. I know that what I'm sharing, I'm able to share um, and the type of person that I am, that this is how I become whole. So um, and it's not necessarily I think like we have this idea in life as well about fixing things and the fixing of it sometimes suppresses the need meeting the actual need, because sometimes it's not about fixing it. Sometimes it's just about meeting ourselves or meeting the need, which usually manifests itself in some way in our body. Generally, I mean, autoimmune diseases, fibromyalgia, all these different things, they are manifestations of trauma, suppression of not being connected to our body. Um, you know, I mean, even when they, the research they've done on fibromyalgia, for example, um, how deeply connected it is to our central nervous system, uh, you know, it says it all. And then how autoimmune disease is your body literally attacking itself because it's so bloody confused, you know, and these are all trauma reactions, um, but suppressed trauma. Yeah, absolutely. I think grief is a really, really big one, yeah. really, really big one that I've seen manifesting quite a number of different ways in different people. So my final question to you, which is something that I ask all of my podcast guests is, what does a liberated woman mean to you? A liberated woman to me means that I share my whole self my whole humanness, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, because none of us are just good. We are everything. Uh, we have shadows, we have beautiful parts, and even our shadows are beautiful parts. But um, that for me is, is what it means to be truly liberated.
where I can just fully share who I am and not walk away and be like, oh, what did I do and feel any shame, but be like, yeah, that's me. And if you don't like it, that's okay because I got me now. I love it. Thank you so much. So I will put Adrian's um, information in the show notes if you want to find out any more about her work. And I will also be going on her podcast, The Bitches of Aya. So you can come and see. We'll have a totally different conversation on there. So you can come and check out her podcast too. Um, And just to say that I am currently enrolling also for one-to-one clients for the Liberated Women Journey. So if you've listened to things that Adrian and I have said today and you're like, yeah, I really feel like I need some of this kind of work or I need to come to a women's circle or I need a bit more deeper one-to-one, you can just hit on the link in my show notes, book in with a chemistry call with me. It's totally free to get on a call with me just to see if our energies align. And I'm taking on two new women for this eight-month journey and I cannot wait to meet you. Equally, if you want to check into Adrian's work, you can find all her stuff in the show notes when I share this podcast episode. If you're in Spain, because I'm in Spain, so and I do uh, one-to-one work in Spain, but my online work is obviously like yours. And yeah, <laughs> how nice you live in Spain. Um, lucky you. I will come and visit. <laughs> I will come and visit. And we'll do the whole thing. Yeah, Sounds great. <laughs> thank you so much, Adrian, and thank you everybody else for listening. I hope you have a magical day. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Liberated Woman Podcast. I hope this episode has landed in your heart and activated and awakened you in some way. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe and leave a review. This really helps more awakening women on their spiritual path to reach out and gives them a safe space to drop in and feel connected and empowered. I'd love to connect with you over on my IG at underscore Shanibella and in my Facebook group, The Divine School of Feminine Awakening. Until then, have a magical day.